All right, hello and welcome to the Bean Talking with Peak Performers podcast. On this podcast, we talk to peak performers in their field so you can then go perform at your best. Just before this episode starts, I want to talk to you guys about a new initiative that I've now started, and that is producing podcasts for business owners who want to have their own show and create amazing content. I'll talk to you more about that at the end of the show. But for now, let's talk to our guest, and that is Simon Davis. He built an amazing fencing business and got it to the highest of heights of all tradies and now he's teaching other tradies how to do the same he's also been through a lot been through failing businesses been through successful businesses so we had some amazing chats and it's always fun to have a marketer and a tradie in the same room so i'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one so let's go cool simon thanks for being on yeah, yes. my, my pleasure, Tim. That's it. It's um, good to uh, finally catch up. Yeah, yeah, we, we finally got here. I'd describe you as uh, you started off as a tradie. Um, you then moved into running your own business yourself and learned a lot through that. You now run a group called the Tradies Bar, which you help other tradies move into owning their own business. And like any good tradie, you're always on the tools yourself. Um, but that's my sum up of, of you for yeah, people that don't know you along at home. Yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, mate, um, I come from a sort of family of uh, fences uh, originally and uh, I'm a fencer now by, um, not by trade as definition, it's uh, because fencing per se is not a, a trade recognised uh, um, business or, or job at, at the moment. It's something that we're working on at the moment. But uh, I've been um, fencing and landscaping for the best part of 25 years um started as a sole trader um had you know myriad of jobs you know when i was very young but started um something fencing i just kept falling back into um you know my grandfather done it my father uncles and it was sort of they never made businesses out of it they made um they, they were just subcontractors and they just made a sort of living and and earn um out of it so when i started um I had a bit of a fire in my belly and I wanted to take it to something um, a lot different and um, I grew it into a company um, probably for 10 years. After about three years, I got to about the 500K turnover mark um, and then I got sort of plateaued out and I got stuck there for, you know, probably 10 years. So um, then I did a few things, a, a few tweaks and a few changes and I sort of grew it up into a, into a full-blown company, um, started turning 1.7 million up on our 11th year, and then drove it up to about four million uh, turnover. Wow. Um, in all that, and that's that's been the last 25 years. In 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 all of that, then uh, something um, um, something happened that uh, I didn't account for, and uh, I didn't have enough backup, and I got hammered by some players, uh, multinationals, and ended up losing everything, um, you know, right back down to, to nothing. Back, lost my house, lost everything. Um, that's happened in the last 18 months to two years, and now I'm back as a sole trader again, back where I was 20 years ago, starting all over again. Yeah, so, wow. so you've you've had a bit of a – you've had the meteoric rise and, and, and the joys of building a company, and then now yeah. you're back at the start and you're going to – build it up again that's sort of where you're yeah, at yeah yeah so out, out of out of that heartache um one of the things that was born out of that was the tradies bar and um, it was a facebook group for uh tradies specifically learning about business trying to grow their business 
um, trying to toss up whether to leave their boss and, and go and get a job um, or go and go and get their own businesses and uh, things like that. And um, one of the skill sets that I have, I, I have been successful in growing my business, not only my fencing business, but I, I bought a welding business as well. And I, I managed to um, double its turnover within 12 months. And um, so, you know, as time moves on, I've sort of sold businesses and moved, moved forward. But the fencing side of the things is the one thing I've always been really, really good at and come physically come back to. Um, but, yeah, the, the tradies bar was something that, it sort of just grew on me and um, drove me to a position where I got to um, – I was just so fed up with seeing other tradesmen uh, make similar mistakes to what I was making um, or had made, uh, but going to the war. And, um, you know, I, I talked to, to senators, I talked to local members who took a lot of um, my issues down into parliament um, – with, with, you know, I can't say what what had actually happened, but it was um, care of moulding nationals, and they just pick up like a rag doll, toss you around, and mm. feed you to the dogs. And you, you know, if you don't have the funds to fight them, you, you're really out on your own, and you just get swept aside. Yeah. You know, wow. So that that's a that's a bit of a, a bit of a channel. Yeah. That it, yeah. Wow. Um, one of the big things that come out of that, I talked to at the time. Um, Robin Hobbs was, or, or may still be, the small business commissioner for New South Wales, um, the, the small business. And she came up and had lunch with me and informed me then that something in 2018, 20,000 sort of small businesses in New South Wales alone, not Australia, just New South Wales, hit the wall. And it's something that is our backbone of Australia. It's our country. And we got to all these small businesses starting up, failing, starting up a new one, uh, failing again, giving up, going to get a job somewhere, you know, go and work in a factory. And but if that floats your boat and you want to work in a factory and you don't want the pressure or, or you, you just want that security, that's great. But for the entrepreneur who's got a little bit of drive and, and wants to sort of go there and, and doesn't want to sit still, um, it's... it's uh, heartbreaking and debilitating that you see these people put so much effort and hard work into something that you know a flip of the dice isn't going to work yeah so you so, mentioned there you mentioned sort of 90 percent well the, the fact that's out there is 90 percent of businesses fail within the first one two three years and i'm sure a lot of these businesses are the ones that you're alluding to you also said um, there's a few key mistakes that people are making that are leading them down this road. Can you kind of expand on sort of the simple things that people may not know about that they're making a mistake in a tradie business um, that that is really costing them that maybe they can fix? Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll back up first. Uh, the 80% of businesses that failing or 90% failing the first um, one to three to three years and then to five years and then. The, the following five years, eighty um, percent of those who are left fail again. Mm. So it sort of gets to that 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 level and that plateau of a business. And I used to go through each year and go right. Oh, I'm one year down, so I've got four years to go. And then when I got to that five years, I went, yes, I've made it. I've made it through that eighty um, percent. 
right? And this was just a, a mental thing that used to go through my head all the time. Then I got to the 10 years and I was, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm okay there. I got to about the 12th year and I scored a really, really big contract and thought this was it, you know, and um, it just skyrocketed me through, um, you know, and I had solicitors look at my contracts and everything else and a lot of people said, oh, there must be something you can do and, look, there's just at the end of the day it was it is what it is and it was what it was. Um, I didn't have any recourse. I made a few mistakes along contractually along those um, those those lines and signed a deed of release when I probably shouldn't have. So that um, uh, cost me quite a substantial amount of money and more so my cash flow and cash flow killed me. So moving on to your second question uh, for the tradies, what is a big thing that I, that sticks out for me is a lot of traders don't know their numbers. Um, they tell you they do, but when you start to question question them and and find out behind the scenes, um, they really don't know. And look again, you I was in the same boat. Were you were you cited, Cumbie? Were you one of those tradies? Do you think uh, in the early days where you 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 were like, oh, I'm just going to ignore the numbers because it's too attention detail. Yeah, um, I ignored the numbers because I didn't understand them. So that that was a big thing um, when when I when I first sort of started out, and, and even little things like um, I was a big power player, so I wasn't so much concerned about the finance and the money. And I always used to say to my wife, "I don't care how much the debt is, as long as I can service the debt." Okay, so I was that was me until I couldn't service the debt. Hmm. And as I grew and grew and grew, and we had, um, I think we had 20 staff in the end and and, team, and probably up to about 10 teams of subbies working for us. Um, when you've got that many people working for you, there's a massive um, outlay for wages and, and things like that. But also you can sort of service the debts because they're bringing so much money back in, hopefully as well um when the, everything starts to go fair shape and you've got a, you're left as a director to try and pull everything back together you've got to service that debt on your own and it's near impossible so there, there's, that's just a little sort of sideline life for that but um quoting you know i saw a fellow the other day i had a business coach back in uh, 2005 i think it was and he asked me the, the same questions that I asked some of my tradies now that I, I talk to um, and help through some of their issues. But I asked them what, what he thought his um, quote rate was at, you know, and my quote rate I thought was around 80% strike rate I was getting the jobs. So we sat down and worked it out, nutted it out and everything else. And um, one of the big things I, I sort of found and, and my strike rate was – was 23%. That's what it worked out to be. So I'm living on the Northern Rivers in New South Wales. I was doing an hour. I, I worked, I was living in a little country town and I would drive an hour any which way for work. So north, south, east, west, an hour. Um, some days if I was doing quotes, I'd be lucky to try and get 10 quotes done in a day, like physically go and drive and see somebody and if I was at Byron Bay, for example, then I had to drive down to, you know, Woodburn or down then down to Grafton, and that's like you're doing three, four hundred k's. Yeah, and this is just so, quoting. This is just quoting. Yeah, this that's is just, just quoting. 
Yeah. So you might not even win those jobs. Yeah, spend all this money um, on fuel and and time that you're not actually focused on which job is actually making you the most money anyway. You're just out there quoting everything because the phone rings and you've got to run into a quote. Mm. And, you know, that's... That's one of the, yeah, I was exactly the same way and now I'm not um, and my strike rate is, you know, probably up around the 40% to 50%, which is I, I think is pretty pretty high. Um, I think if, if a tradie tells you his strike rate's sort of 80 90%, you know, or, or close to 100%, he's either too cheap or he's lying. <laughs> well, that's any business. If you've got a hundred percent, if no one's telling you no, then you're not charging enough. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, um, and look, there's even our stats here on the Northern Rivers in 2008 or 2009, I think it was, was seventy percent of Australia's semi-retired builders uh, or, or tradesmen were moving to the Northern Rivers for that. C style or, or tree change, sea change uh, lifestyle. And one of the big things we were finding back through that, and um, I can't remember the year it was exactly when uh, all the stimulus package was sort of brought in by the government. So a lot of school stuff sort of happened. There was so much work around the country um, for, for a lot of trades. Then all of a sudden it stopped. And you've got 70% of the uh, semi retired tradies living on the north coast with no work so they were just then started doing everything and handyman work and, and lawn mowing and uh you know builders were then doing fencing because they weren't getting any building work and so just squeezed everybody down the track um without knowing back then um if you didn't know what your your sort of customer client or your target market or who they were your demographics, the psychographics, everything that sort of goes along those lines, you're fishing. You know, you're fishing in the bottom of the barrel with everyone else. Mm. So, and yeah. that lead, that leads me to sort of what I was going to say. I mean, I, my passion is marketing. That's why I, why I did this, and I, I love uh, figuring out an ideal client, segmenting, targeting, positioning. Yep. Um, but for people that haven't had that training, it can be quite an unknown process to do, and to think about who it is you actually want to target and who you actually want to serve because, you know, that's a really important step because it lets you have the right conversations with the right type of people. Do you, do you find that yeah. in the trades industry as well? Look, some of them, um, what, what I'm finding now, is, especially with social media and so much um, interest on Instagram and, and Facebook with, you know, Gary V and Tony Robbins and, and those type of um, Grant Cardone, you know, those type of people, some of the tradies who are sort of a bit more switched on marketing-wise or, or, or probably have that little bit more fire in their bellies at the moment are looking for those mentors and leaders uh, in that thought market and, um, and, and and I don't mean this to be derogatory in any way but some of the, the tradies are happy to just poke along as well and that that's cool. If that's what you want to do and you want to just poke along, get up every day, um, go to work, you know, earn, earn your dollars, even in your own business, just do that and, and then come home, um, that's perfectly fine. But what I'm finding is especially now, I'm, I'm two years off 50 
and my body's packing it in. Um, I can't do what I could do when I was 25 year old, like throwing pro bars and nail guns and everything around. And everything and I, and, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm 25 right now and I can't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's, it, it's really hard and, um, you know, we're, we're hard on our bodies. Um, uh, one of the big things I talk about a, a lot in our, talk to a lot of tradies about is uh, mental health. Um, it is rife in our industry, specifically in the construction industry. Um, suicides and depression and things like that are really, really high. Divorce is really, really high. Um, and a lot of it comes back down to just pressure and money. And, um, you know, blokes will ring me up and, you know, so I've just lost everything. I've lost my job. Um, there's been a downturn in the market. I can't get work and now I can't feed the kids. And um, my wife just walked out because she's got the, the craps with me and, and, you know, doesn't know how to handle it and, and everything else. And um, I'm not a, a specialist in that field at all. Um, I can only talk from my own experiences and the, the feelings that I went through uh, with the downturn of, of my businesses and then um, also the upturns of, of my business and where I am now. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and there, there is a, a way out. You've just got to sort of dig deep and persevere and, and um, sustain as long as you can um, and, and seek help. You know, people, you know, I love, I, part of the tradies bar that really helped me out was um, being able to talk to other people who were similar, going through similar things that, that I was going through. I, th- I thought my whole world was just coming to an end. I've been in business for 20 years, run my own um, company, and all the, you know, I had staff that I treated like family. And when things sort of hit the wall, you sort of really find out quick, smart, you know, who's, who's in, in the game and who's not in the game and who's going to sort of help you out. Um, and money changes a lot of people, unfortunately. It's just the nature of the, the beast. Um, loved ones, close ones, family, um, you know, it, it's going through that sort of side of things and then coming out the other side now and going, wow, I was really focusing on the wrong thing. Now I've, I can make money. I know how to make money. Making money for me is the easy, easy part. I'm, I'm not, I'm not wealthy, and I don't mean to be um, sound arrogant there. Anymore, no, but, I'm not but, wealthy, or anything but, else, but I know how to charge. Yeah, yeah, and and trades. I admire trades for your ability to charge. Um, yeah, I got a mate who's a commercial plumber, and he does jobs in the CBD and uh, AFL, like MCG, Amy Stadium. Yeah. He puts in all the aircon, and and he tells me about his hourly rates and what he gets, and. It, it actually yep. inspires me to go, hang on, if, and, and he talks about his job, about even how easy it is because he's got it to a system now, but, but put yep. me in that situation, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. And it's something yep. I admire in, in all trades, their ability to charge. Well, if they know what they're doing, like yourself, um, yep. charge properly. So you there, figure that there's, out. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, and, and that, that brings me back to our earlier point, you've got to know your net worth. And um, and I don't mean your net value or how much you're worth, but I, I, I mean how much am I worth um, on this ground to go out and, and show my skill set and do, do what I have to do because as a tradie um, we're all running service businesses but we're actually solving somebody's problem 
And that's a big mind shift that I struggled with for a long time. And as I said, I wasn't a money person. I, the money didn't really phase me whatsoever. I was more, I like the pats on the back. And, and my, I, I think when I really sit down and analyse my old business, um, it was ego-driven. Um, typical Aussie, Aussie bloke, you know, I wanted to be the best and the most powerful and everything else. And what I realised now is I see some of my opposition and, and uh, other fencing companies that are out there where I was 10 years ago and really striving forward and I and uh, I get a sort of chuckle out because I don't want to go back there. You know, I, I don't want to grow a big business anymore. I'm quite happy now to, um, you know, even though I'm sort of get run off my feet a little bit, I'm, I'm setting the mentor mentorship up um, so I can help other traders and sort of eventually sort of scale out of my fencing and move more into the, the business platform and, and the mentoring and then um, uh, make my sort of income and my living from there. And that, that sort of frees up my body um, from getting smashed all the time. But even in that transition... I can go out and work 40 hours a week in four days or I can go out and I always, I'm always busy. I'm always finding something to do and, and keep going, keep going. So as soon as one door sort of shuts or whatever, there's another one opening and, and um, I don't like to sort of sit idle. So that's a problem that I, I still have. <laughs> you know, it's like let's have a <laughs> nice feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I just keep moving and moving and moving all the time. But um, with... I can now go and have a day off, um, like I've just spent the last 10 days off over Christmas without an income coming in because as a tradies we don't get a lot of um, holidays. Uh, Christmas is our normally sort of working up to Christmas is our busy time for a lot of us and yeah. um, especially in the heat and everything else and everybody has to have something done for Christmas so we're trying mm-hmm. to push through that side of things um, and then come back into January and go, oh, okay, um, everything stops, supplies, can't get supplies because everybody's closed up. So um, if you haven't, um, you know, clients are away on holiday or they'll book things in and say, right, we want to do this, and then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, I haven't got any money because I've just spent it on the Christmas break or, or whatever. Um, and a lot of traders will feel that sort of pinch and they'll feel that downturn and then if they haven't planned well enough, it'll hurt them financially as well. Yeah. So, what can uh, people what can people do in January or even late December to kind of avoid that trap? Well, see, one of the big things I've always tried to do is um, I try not to book any jobs out for December. Um, so I work flat out up until you know quoting and quoting, but I shut all my quotes off in sort of November, roughly, and and then I I'll just try and tidy up the last little things in December to get um, that need to get done. There is always one big fish somewhere that will come in and go, hey, I need you to do this. I'm going to pay you this. Um, can you come and do it? And I can make quite a, uh, you know, an earn out of that by just having myself freed up for that. But um, the big thing is you just got to be prepared and you've got to plan. And one of the things that a lot of people don't do is plan and tradies don't. You know, 90% of tradies don't. Mm. Um, you know, and we always... Um, you know, the, the classic cliche, fail to plan, plan to fail. Um, it, it's one of those things. And mm. so that's one of the things in, in my that, – that's probably my big thing for the tradies bar is I, I um, out of desperation 
and um, out of desperation, and, and I, f- I found it as a, a really big window and um, a desire for myself to go in and help as many tradies as possible um, to sort of getting to that next level if they want to go that way. You know, it's just completely up to them. But uh, so I, I wrote a six-week course called uh, Kickstart, um, just kick, Kickstart Your Business. And um, it's a six-week course. It um, basically is grip-fed one hour of content for the week. So one thing as a tradie that I've learned is when you're out on the tools and you're busting yourself all day, um, you come home, you want to have a beer, you want to put your feet up, you want to play with the kids, you know, cuddle the wife, you don't want to go and do study. You know, it is just the last thing on anybody's mind, you know, whether you're a tradie unless you're or not. An, Unless you're a unique individual that just loves, yeah. the, loves yeah. the grind and passion. But, yeah. but the bulk of the market, I mean, why didn't we want to do our homework as kids, like it's the same yeah. thing. We, we yeah, just yeah, want to get home. So and... we, we're, we're very easily distracted. Yeah. Um, but when when um, when we're most productive, um, and, and the statistics will tell you this too, you're most productive as a uh, business owner two weeks before um, holidays and two weeks, um, and, and these are the things for injuries as well. Most injuries in the workplace, especially in construction, will happen two weeks before a yeah, break Christmas. and two weeks after yep. a break. Yep. Um, um, because we get complacent, we're trying to rush things, we get things done, you know. But if you want to, if you want something done, go and tell your secretary that um, she's um, going on leave on, on Friday. Make sure, make sure her desk is clean. <laughs> I can tell you. You know, they get everything sorted. Um, and, and I'm the same. This has to be done. That has to be done. There's a, a sequence and a system that has to be done. Um, and if you're on top of things and you can plan, things around that um yeah so how does the tradies bar so how does that fit into uh yeah that culture and that mentality of i don't want to do anything in my spare time but the the benefit that people can get from being in such a great network yeah how do you think someone can can let it let it fit around their life yeah the um out out of the as i said i've got the six-week program that is um it's drip fed each each week for um, I think it's, a, it's one hour. Watch a bit of video and go and go and implement something. You know, That's just important. You've got to implement, and if you don't implement, um, um, it's just a waste of time. And, and what I've found with um, even like the first module is all about planning. So I've broken the planning down into a system that I found works for me. Um, I've always had big dreams, big goals. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's going to be a 10-year plan. And I don't necessarily agree with that now. I like to sort of work on 12 months and so this is where I need to be in 12 months. How am I going to get there by dividing it up into those 12 months um, and do it monthly? And then if I can't do it monthly, do it weekly and then sometimes I can do it daily. Um, one of the big things I find as a tradie trying to do daily and, and even weekly things is a little bit sort of too much sometimes as well. But if you write it down and you can you can um, get a plan into action, you know, and you can sort of stick to it, you've got to have a little bit of discipline and, and that's something that's pretty hard, um, you know, even long-term trying to, trying to stay focused and, um, you know, and, and that's where I found the Tradies Bar was a good out for me. So it was good for me to talk to, 
other tradies, good for other tradies to talk to me, raise questions amongst themselves without me being um, the sort of key figure as well. I try and um, uh, educate where I can, but I don't pretend to have all the answers either. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've learned from my mistakes. Uh, um, I'm sure a lot of other tradies are out there doing similar things and making similar mistakes. So if I can sort of say, hey, look, if I've done that and it doesn't work, go this way, um, it might give somebody, you know, if it saves one tradie some heartache and some grief or, you know, I think I'm doing my job. So if I can touch um, as many tradies, I think in the tradies bar now we have about 430-odd tradies in there, not all active. Um, okay. You know, I'm trying to get the action and, and get them a bit more active so we can sort of get it, get it across. But with um, out of the six weeks of the program, because it was such a, um, or whether we call it a program or, or whether we call it a challenge, I suppose, you know, get a six-week challenge. And, and uh, part of that is I, I did a bit of, um, I, I spent two years studying marketing with uh, Ben Simpkins, who mm-hmm. one of the Facebook gurus. And um, um, he absolutely taught me a, a lot about, obviously about Facebook, but more about business and more about um, people and, and targeting and, and um, the, you know, pillars of, of business and things like that. So I feel it's my duty now to pass that back on to the people who don't know. Yeah, so, I want to touch on this because um, it's something I'm really passionate about is the relationships tradies have with marketers. Um, yeah. And uh, something that concerns me is there are a lot of cowboys in the marketing industry that will target tradies uh, because yep. they go, okay, well, a tradie earns this much on a job, so therefore it means, okay, they can probably spend about two, three, four grand a month on marketing. Um, and and it annoys me because then you get people hounding them through phone calls and, and then, then it's like, okay, they might take someone on, but then this person won't deliver on results and that's the thing that really annoys me. So can you, can you, yeah, give me a bit of insight into uh, conversations that you've had with marketers um, and then maybe on the good side and the bad side at the same time. Uh, can yeah. you sort of relate to that? Oh, look, I've, I've been in the same, in the same boat and it's, uh, you know, like, like with um, email automation now, everybody wants your email and, and um, wants to get you onto a list so you get spammed a lot and, you know, that's on the sort of negative side of things. But I I still get telemarketers ringing me all the time and, and different marketers saying, look, we can do this, we can do this, rah, rah, rah. And the first thing I sort of say to them is, um, okay, um, who is your target market? And they just go blank and I say, look, if you don't know what I'm talking about, see you later. So, um, you know, I sort of move on that way. But yeah. With the group that I was in, um, I've always sort of felt if I'm the dumbest one in the in the classroom, I'm in the right classroom. And I've sort of looked at that for, for my personal growth and some of the marketers that I was with were just absolutely mind-blowing. Some of them are doing million-dollar months on, um, on, on Facebook, on, on selling uh, things that they're doing and marketing the, the way they do. And, um, I don't have that technique. I'm not um, – I studied with those marketers for two years. I'm really, really good friends with a lot of them now, so I can go for help where I need it. But 
that's not my forte. My forte is not marketing. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got to know what you're good at. You've got to know what you're good at. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. That's that's exactly right. You've got to know what your your what your forte is and if you can make a dollar out of that forte. What I find a lot of times is, um, especially traders, a lot of traders are really, really good at their job, um, suck at their business, but really, really good at their job. And sometimes... Um, a lot of those people who are really, really good at their job are just not making any money. And, you know, there, there's a big gap between being good at your job and making money. And, you know, if you're not making any money, it doesn't matter how good at your job is, or you're going to float out. So you, you go and do something different. Go and get a job for somebody else. You know, and Have that self-awareness. Yeah, and that, that's one of the other things. You've got to be... Um, mentally have the capacity to realise that self-awareness. And um, th- this was one of the big things that um, I-, I talk about now, especially now as I've gone back as a sole trader again and I'm struggling with all the time management and everything else and trying to do 10 things a- a- at once. And, you know, because I-, I had secretaries, I had salespeople, I had uh, purchase officers and manufacturers and um, supply chains and um, warehouse managers and welding managers and all this. So it pushed me to a different level where I didn't have to do all those things. Um, so I could sit back and sort of watch what was happening. Um, but then I took my eye off the ball a little bit because I, I was chasing something different. And when I started to do that, um, things started to – I still I still had my eye on the finances and everything else and what was sort of dialing down in. And what I found, especially after the fact, right, and, and this is a really good lesson for, for tradies out there who don't, want to get to know their numbers and, and, you know, you can wing it and I winged it for a long time um, and thought, well, you know, there's so much money coming into my bank accounts but there was more going out. And when you're – if you're doing a $100,000 job at, um, you know, 25% profit or whatever, you're getting 25 grand for yourself as a sole trader. When you're a company and you're doing a 100 grand profit, a uh, 100 grand – um, job and all of a sudden your net margins are back down to 2%, you know, not gross margins but your net margins, there's no room for error. and No room for delays, no room for no, yeah. anything stuffing up. Yeah. And, and as you know, as a tradie, it's not just a bloke on the ground doing the job. There's a whole range of suppliers and deliveries and uh, manufacturers and powder coders and things like that all the way down the, the line. Only takes one hiccup down there. Bad weather knocks, you know. You get one day of bad rain, you could be two days out straight away. So there's all these little things that come into it that has a small business owner. When you go out and start your trade, you go, Well, I'm just going to set the world on fire because my boss is earning 60 bucks an hour. Rah, rah, and I want that. Hmm. I don't see what's going on behind it. Okay. So that's one thing I'd like to talk to traders straight away. Know your net, net worth. Um, and, and two, um, know how to charge and, and know know where your overheads are and what, what it costs you to get out of bed in the morning, flick your boots on and go to work because if you don't, you know, you could be going backwards before, you know, I'd rather go fishing and stay at home and go broke than go to work and go broke. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a big thing too. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I want to yeah. actually, because we, we sort of skipped over the mental health bit and it's something I'm I'm really passionate about. I, I shared a number of times on this podcast um, my struggles with depression, um, but I know, yeah, you said there in the, in the trade industries, especially around holidays and it's, it's a rife in the industry. Um, I want to get your opinion because you, you went through a big shift in what could have been your mental state where, where the business was um, sort of taken down, but in, in, a, in, a, in a way, how did you have the perseverance yourself to really kind of get through that, um, yeah, that mental sort of period of toughness, I guess I'd say? Well, I, I think... Um because I was a, probably a little bit more older um, and I could see things that were starting to happen in my business that as it was growing, I was losing control and I've always been a bit of a control freak as well. So that, that's why I, I've um, worked for myself for so long because I don't like working for bosses. Uh, even though as a tradie, you always have somebody up higher. <laughs> you know, you always got your client, you always got, uh, you know, project managers or, or whatever to, to run your engineers or, or things like that. So you always answer to somebody. But as a trader, you have to be pretty resilient anyway. It's a tough industry. Um, it's physically tough. doesn't matter what job you're in. Um, you, you cop the elements. Um, you know, you you it, it's, I don't think there's one really trade industry out there that's not really physical. You know, even mechanics are throwing spanners around and bending under cars and rolling under cars and things like that, you know, and painters have got bloody, you know, jip rockers are up on stilts and, you know, brickies are throwing bricks around. There's, there's so much that is, um, you know, tilers are bending over all day, you know, you know bending their back. It's like this, it's just such a physical job. And I think so, that's why the mental side of things gets overlooked because you look at tradies as, as strong, tough yeah. guys that, you know, also also women that, that are doing it yeah. now, of course. Yeah. Tradie women are a really big um, thing in our industry at the moment. They're, um, they're, they're really reaching a lot of goals and I think it's absolutely fantastic because we're, we're talking about uh, having uh, trades, uh, a trade shortage. Um, because a lot of are taking apprentices on, and um, I think a lot of our youth now probably don't have that resilience. And, and I don't want to target all youth uh, in one group there, but a lot of them seem to struggle with that side of things. And um, I don't know the answer to that, but um, we're seeing some of the ladies come out now in the trade industry, and um, I follow a lot of them on Facebook and on uh, Instagram, and. Um, seeing what they can do is just blows blows me away. Actually, I'm really excited to see where they they take that to the next level. And um, I know a lot of ladies are you know truck drivers in the mines and things like that. And generally, um, because they're sort of a lot softer on the gear and they're not so hard on on gear as well. So they well, have also attention to detail. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Attention that attention to detail where it's like looking at the numbers and. Actually yeah. caring about the stuff and getting home and doing the doing those really finicky things. I think, um, yeah. you know, my girlfriend has more attention to details than, I, than myself. So if I yeah. if I use that as the example, I think it's exciting because as women yeah. move into more trades. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's one of the the um, 
one of the big things that I've found in, in my target area is not just the tradies, uh, a lot of their wives uh, are the ones who are doing the forces that um, come through me. So the, the husbands are there, they're excited, they want to do it, but they just sometimes are too tired, they mentally um, can't function when they get home. But the wives are going, hey, my hubby's working 24-7, um, I want him home with the kids, how do we get him into that next move? And I'll just say, right, what, what are your goals? What do you fear the most? Um, I, and I'd go through their fears and frustrations a lot and, and touch on, on those things to, um, because I've, I've had to deal with that side of, of myself and probably the most gut-wrenching day, I've had two, two most gut-wrenching days. Um, one was when I sat all my staff down and said, listen, um, I think we've got a, probably a month left and then I'm calling quits. Um, that broke me. That was just devastated me and I, I um, a general manager come and told me said you're all right he said I think you better leave and um the man drove out called my wife and sat in the car park um in, in a local park and just cried like a baby um and that was after you know so long you know it was just all this pent-up anguish and, and fighting so long to try and get it to work and then just coming to that realization saying listen hey this ain't working Mm. Um, so I had to sort of realise that the second time was when I had to go home and tell my wife that that's it, we've just lost the house um, our family home for 30 years you know, that was um, pretty hard to take you know, and, and hard on my family hard on my wife, hard on my kids um, you know, and, and a lot of friends around me so talking <sighs> As I said, probably what got me through was talking to so many other tradies who were ringing me and they'd heard my story. And, and one of my ads on Facebook was how uh, a tradie going or a fencer going from 450 bucks a week you know, 20 years ago to now running a $3 million company and they just wanted to know how I did it. Um, and, and I could show them how I did that. What I now realise is, hey, yeah, I was earning three, four million dollars a year, but I was at two percent. Like, and where's it? Where's it go? You know, it's it's all went south. So um, now I know my numbers. I know exactly where I'm at and where I need to be, and that ain't ever going to happen again. No. So you, you sort of learn those things as you go, and you know, sometimes shit happens and you fall over. It's, you just got to pick yourself up and wipe the dust off your face and. Skin your knees and put the band aids on and uh, knuckle down and go again. That's and it amazing. Sucks. It, it, it sucks. It really does. But um, there's a light at the end of it, you know. And, that, and that's a big thing. There's um, talking to different people. You know, I talk to my, when when you when you're in a situation that is is really tough um, mentally on you and emotionally. You, you know yourself is so draining. It is just wears you out um, so so much. And when um, I shut everything down, my daughter was in the middle of Queensland. Um, I grabbed the missus and said, "Come on, let's go and see." I hadn't seen my daughter for about eight nine months, and we went up onto this station, cattle station in the middle of Whoop Whoop, and I just shut down. And I had to go through all this legal paperwork and logistical stuff, and um, so I, I did. I spent three days doing that, 
um, just wrecking my brain to try and do that. I then shut down for about another three or four days where I couldn't really get out of bed or do much. I was just I didn't want to, I didn't even want to leave the house, you know, I didn't want to leave in the bedroom. I was just done. And then I sort of got up and went, Well <laughs> to be honest, the boredom got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't want to leave the bedroom, but I was going crazy because I was thinking too much about stuff that I had no control over. So, and, and that was the one thing that I, I struggled with the most because I've been in control all my life of everything. All of a sudden, I had no control. So, um, these things were happening to me, and not not necessarily because of me, but they were happening to me, and I just couldn't do anything about it. So, um, I jumped back out. I went and seen the farmer. He said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "Oh." I'm a fencer. They give me some fencing. He goes, well, there's 10Ks out there. You can do this, you can do that. And I just went and started fencing for a, a, a bit and uh, then sort of went, wow, I actually miss some of this stuff. As crazy as that sounds, um, I sort of missed being the physical, doing the physical side because I was so caught up doing the political side of, um, you know, running a business and, and then, um as I said, I had a lot of staff, so at any given given time, there was either somebody that was sick, somebody on holidays, somebody um, whinging and crying to me and telling me all their problems and everything else. And as a business owner, you've got to wear all that. So if you can't wear that, and you shouldn't be going, even thinking or contemplating about going down into to that role. And, you know, I had HR managers to help me and everything else, but they would still come to me, expect me to solve their problems. And sometimes you just can't. You know, and it's really hard. Sometimes you've got to be tough. Um, you got to learn to say no. Uh, that that's that's you know, I've lost a few um, what I thought were close friends who were in my business for a long time because I said no. In the end, I just said that's it, no, no more. And they didn't like me saying no. And I was. Um, but well, that's so much yeah. better for your your mental health and your business as well to be able to actually say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the, there was one thing, and I will say this for for um, a lot of tradies, a lot of tradies are money orientated, but there is generally a goal behind that money. So I struggled, as I said, I struggled with money for a long time. So the money wasn't my sort of my driver. It, it never drove me to go and do things. Um, as I said, I was more sort of ego, like the power, like the pats on the back. But um, now I've sort of realised that and I've changed my sort of philosophy. I've changed my mindset around money. You know, I grew up in, you know, in, in, a, in an age where, you know, money is the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. And no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. Rah, rah. And it's just like, why? Why can't we have it? You know, let's work really hard and, you know, you can get it. And now I'm sort of, no, hang on, let's work really smart. And then you can have more, mm. you know. And let's give back to the people who are struggling, you know, so we can give them more. And then by doing that, I get more anyway. It's just a natural cycle of random things and it's taken me a long time to learn that. So if I'm helping now with tradies doing the same thing, um, you know, as I said, there's some really, really good tradies out there, uh, there's some, some rogues, some really shonky ones out there as oh, that's well. That's industry. Just, that is, that is that, every that's industry. Exactly right. but That's exactly right. Yeah. But we get tagged with it a, a lot, and um, you know. Um, so do I. So 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 does marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's one of the things that I'm excited for this year. Um, 
2020, um, we're holding a our first um, well, fence is the, the group, um, and it's holding our first fencing um, conference ever. So as fencers, as builders um, and, and tradesmen, you normally go through HIA or Housing Industry Association or Master Builders, have a platform to go to. Fencers, we don't. So we're forming, we've formed a, um, a group. Uh, we're having our first um, sort of conference where all, a heap of, uh, in May, I think it is, um, having a heap of fencers come to the Gold Coast and do a bit of uh, training, a bit of learning, a bit of business stuff. Um, just get together, you know, have have a um, inaugural uh, presentation night and uh, for business awards and, and just like every other group is doing. But for some reason, fences we have never done it. One of the other big things, what we're trying to push through, and we're in discussions with TAFE at the moment, is to bring the fencing game into a trade because we do so much trades work that isn't recognised, and because it isn't recognised. Uh, a lot of the time, um, fences feel like they because they're not a tradesman themselves. They can't charge for that thing, and that's a that's a big step going forward. If we can change that around, have a platform that we can um, go to when we're struggling or, or somebody to talk to, um, legal teams, things like that. Um, you know, it's just something forward that we can move move with, and that's a that's a really good step for, for my industry in, in specific. So, yeah, well, yeah, blank the group. Look, I think that's um that's a really awesome spot to leave it on. Um, but but before I go, I've got two two more questions. I mean, you you sort of went into it a little bit, but mainly personally for yourself, what's what have you got on? You know, it's the start of 2020 now that we're recording this. Um, the episode will probably be published by the end of January, um, if, if yep. not sooner. Um, but yeah, what have you what have you got on? So, so oh, we can <laughs> we can have a chat during the year, and I can say, hey, Simon, how's how's that going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what the, the, there's something that um, a goal that I want for my uh, for my mentoring is um, I want to try and touch 100 tradies this year. And um, I want to grow my, my tradies group up to about a thousand. That, that, that's been a personal goal for a couple of years now. And I sort of got stagnant there for a while because I had so much crap sort of bogging me down in the head and it just took too much time. So now that's finished, um, sweep it away, it's gone. <laughs> you know, start again, move forward. Um, I, want to, I want to sort of grow my group tradies bar to about a thousand. Um, I'll... I would love to do two conferences this year myself uh, with guest speakers as marketers and um, help another trade, you know, get, get 20 or 30 trades together, whether it's on the Gold Coast or Sydney or Ballina or somewhere, you know, a two-day conference and um, get a heap of traders to come together and help them um, try and grow their business and just show them what's you know, some of the different options are. So that's something I'd like to do. I haven't planned any of that yet. It's just something I've been toying with for a couple of years and I think 2020 might be the year to um, push the button on it. And um, I've been talking to a couple of my tradies now. They're they're all sort of starting to get a little bit fired up. And um, as I said, one of the big things I'm finding with because of the social media spectrum is a lot of them are now starting to read different um, things and, and follow different people and, um, the only thing I, I, I can say to that is, and that's great, follow as many as you want, but you get overwhelmed so easily. Mm. And, um, you know, 
I'm a bit of a shiny object, you know. One thing happens, oh, we're going to go do that, we're going to go do that. And you sort of get lost. Yeah, you do. You get, you get lost so easy. So that's probably my big goal for this year. I want two two um, conferences. Um, I'll be doing the big one in May for the Fencet. So, um, and I'll, I'll I'll be there. Actually, I've, I've got a table. Um, I'll be looking for probably another ten fences to come sit on my table with me. So that's um, something I want to you know promote heavily, especially in the tradies bar and, and, and things. Um, get that happening. Uh, two conferences, touch a thousand tradies. And um, I'll, I'll put my hat in the ring if you want someone to come and talk to tradies about creating a podcast or content or anything. You know, yep. I'll, I'll fly up and, and do some talking because that, that, that aligns with what I want to do this year too. So, yeah, um, yeah, perfect. perfect. Yeah, I'd, I'd so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things sort of happening now in the marketing world with, with Facebook and videos and ads and, and everything else is changing so rapidly. And, um, you know, if we can get on, get, um, you know, I've never really thought about podcasting myself per se. Um, it's something, um, you know, to get your content out there, you need to, you know, you need your written, your podcast, your videos, it's, um, YouTube, it's, mm. it's so much, and it's so time consuming even just doing that too. So for the normal tradie who's, um, you know, on on um, on the tools twenty four seven trying to get their name out there. Um, Facebook boosting, just a page boost, um, is something that is so easy to do. Mm. Cost, uh, you know, it doesn't cost a lot, but um, you can still target who you need to get to, and uh, just yeah, but even and- even just understanding. Um- going a step further on the boosting and, and then understanding the business manager of Facebook and, and figuring out which levels of targeting and, you know, more specific things on interests yes, and right. behaviours and just giving yourself, like, you can you can find this stuff if you look for it, you know, without paying yeah. someone a course. Um, yeah. You know, doing a little bit of that can really be powerful. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a fellow uh, tradie uh, in our group who's been very successful, Um one one of the big sort of fallacies, I suppose, around the trades business is that you can't sell it. And um, one of my close friends has sold um, a digital printing business for millions. You know, um, there's a lady I know who sold a trucking um, freight company running freight for millions. Yeah. There's, you know, I had another tradie who had uh, a painter who had uh, 200 painters under him as subbies. You know, like there's some really, really big businesses out there, um, but there's also the small bloke who's, you know, just working for a boss but not sure that he wants to go out on his own. And, um, you know, I, I have one with, with me at the moment. He's uh, been training with me for 12 months and he's just about ready to push out into that next sort of level, um, which, which is really good. Um, I'm excited for him. And so I'll be sad to see him go because he, he you know, he, he's such a good asset to my team as well. But there's a way of me can not controlling it, but um, still ascertaining that he, I can use his services in my business and knowing that he's going to give me um, the best quality, you know, and, and that's a win-win for me as well because that frees me up more. So there's there's, there's ways around things. Um and, and, and for the, those tradies to, as a, a, a mate of mine, you know, doing simple boosted posts and targeting, like whether you use Facebook, Instagram, whatever, if you know, dial down into your target area and know who it is, 
it changes from fishing at the bottom of the barrel to at least getting you into the middle of the barrel or to the top of the barrel. Yeah. For me as a marketer, I'm um, I'm not shocked over the ads that I do see. Like it's yeah. fairly common. What shocks me is the ads that I don't see. Um, and I yes. don't see a lot of tradies and, and it's just, yeah, it blows my mind a little bit. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. look, I, I struggle, you know, I even struggle with throwing ads out there as well because all of a sudden you have a, a little bit of self-doubt. And, Are my ads good enough or can I do this? How am I qualified to go and uh, teach somebody this? And, um, you know, I have these mental battles and, and issues with myself and a few tradies have asked me and said, what gives you? What do? You, why do you think you can go and teach somebody else when you've just, you know, you've, you've had it. everything, lost everything, and right, and exactly right. I have done it, you know, and I've survived, and I'm still going, and I'm still, you know, I'm probably better off more. I'm, well, I can guarantee you now, I'm a lot more financial now than where I was two years ago. Yeah, fantastic. And you know, that that's a that's a that's a really a really good place to uh, finish that one. Yeah, no, definitely. So, look, if if somebody's heard something um, through this podcast or heard something anywhere else, um, how do they firstly join the Tradies Bar as a group? And then, um, yeah, how do they, what's the best way to get in contact with yourself? Well, probably the best way is to join the Tradies Bar. So there's uh, five questions there. I think, you know, what trade are you in? Uh, how long have you been in business? Click us your email so we can uh, contact uh, contact you direct and, and have a chat. Um, but mainly, yeah, just um, the Tradies Bar. It's um, got two little figures with uh, three three men standing on a roof in the, like a shadow thing. There's, there, there are two Tradies Bars. Okay, on Facebook, and one's a hotel in Cairns, and one's mine. <laughs> so I, I'm in the process of changing things around. But at the moment, it's going to be just a tradies bar, um, and you're just hooking there, ask the questions, and uh, once I see it come through, um, I will tell you this: if you do not answer the questions, I will not qualify you. Yep, sounds that's that's how a lot of groups are made. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on. Um, I've, I've been Sam, you've been Simon, and uh, we've been talking. And, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Good on you, Tim. It's uh, been my pleasure. Cheers. All right, there you have it, the episode with Simon Davis. I hope you got a lot of value from that, particularly if you're in the trades business. He's got a wealth of knowledge there, so please feel free to connect with Simon and you'll get a lot from that. All right, now I want to talk to you guys a little bit about podcast post-production and production work. This is something that I'm doing now as a service for people and it's producing their own show. The reason for that is you can create a wealth of content from one podcast and basically have a month's worth of stuff done for you in 30 minutes of your time. Obviously, my time, there's a lot more effort on the editing, but 30 minutes of your time, we can get amazing, amazing content, which is really cool. Apart from that, if you guys can like and subscribe to the podcast that would be amazing and it would make my day it'd be really fantastic and leave us a review or email us at tim at beantalking.com.au so tim at beantalking.com.au and i'll see you guys in the next episode